Hello again, this is Matt Mosley with Big Pig Energy. You're here for the third episode in the season. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've even got a special guest coming. Uh, offensive tackle Luke Jones from the University of Arkansas is going to join us later on during the show. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to pick his brain about yesterday's win with South Carolina. Um, again, I'm here with my, my good friends, Coach Kelly, Blake Sanders, Greg Almonte. Greg, welcome back. We missed you the last couple of weeks. And then Danny Beeson. Um, guys, I want to dive into this real quick. You know, Arkansas came into this game favored by six and a half. Uh, they ended up closing it out 44 to 30. Uh, 14 point win. I mean, we all pretty much said last week that we we believed Arkansas was going to win and win this big. Um, you know, some notes on the game real quick. Arkansas, you know, it's the first consecutive SEC openers we've won uh, since 2003, 2004. I mean, you got to go all the way back. You know, that's Bobby Petrino didn't do it. John L. Smith didn't do it. No, Chad Morris didn't do it. You got to go all the way back to Houston Nutt. Uh, that's pre Darren McFadden, Matt Jones time. Okay, some of you guys were, I mean, three of you were were little fellows and little little ladies when that stuff happened. Me and Coach are a little older. We, we remember it. I was there in 03 and 04. So, you know, it, it Matt, was that exciting. was a year before I got to college. Yeah, see, that's that that <laughs> makes me feel even worse, Blake. Um, but, you know, I, I was a season ticket holder in 03 and 04. I mean, my kids, my both my daughter and son were born in 03 and 04. So, you know, 18 years, 19 years ago is how long you got to go back to the last time we've won back-to-back -back seasons, our first SEC game. Um, real quick, round the room, start with Coach, go to Blake, then Greg, then Danny, and then I'll finish up. Give me one just quick hot take on what you thought about the game, just real quick. Glad we won, but I'm a little concerned about our secondary in the passing game. Uh, I thought the offensive line and just the line play looked fantastic. Being able to bully an SEC opponent like that, no matter who it is, is it's good to see. You know, I'm agree with Coach. Uh, I'm very glad that we won, but whew, our secondary looked a little bit rough uh, last weekend. Um, I'll say I feel like – I was anticipating it to be more obvious that we were um, missing Catalan and some others. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I feel like we adjusted well to that, and um, it kind of just speaks to Pittman talking about the depth that we have at all the positions. You know, guys, I, I kind of lean with Coach. You know, watching the game, um, the, the secondary concerns me going forward in the season. Coach and I were texting back and forth a little bit during the game Saturday. and the, the secondary play, the holes that we were seeing in the middle of the defense, those big wide open zones in the middle of the field. Um, you know, Wells of South Carolina, I think that dude had 180 yards receiving Saturday. Some of it was late mop-up cleanup in the second half, but still those huge gaping zone holes. Um, man, that, that worries me when we get into the meat of our schedule. I mean, we saw yesterday – you know, some major upsets. We're going to talk about those in a little while, but, you know, we're going to still have to go up against Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher's still a really good offensive coordinator. We're going to have to go up against Alabama. Alabama's still got a lot of dudes um, at every position. Um, you know, it, there's two games right there. I mean, the Missouri State game this weekend, I, I still haven't seen the line. I've been looking across all the sport betting uh, locations I can find, but I'm a firm believer if our defense is not strong, it's going to hurt our offense eventually. 
And then on top of that, you know, the passing game just did not look – I mean, while K.J. was – I think his percentages were somewhere in the neighborhood of like 80, 86, 88% uh, for the day, he still wasn't, wasn't perfect. Um, Coach, we got our, our guest is joining us right now. I want to go ahead and, and throw it to you real quick. Uh, let you introduce this young man. I know we're excited about having him be a part of Big Pig Energy tonight. Uh, Mr. Luke Jones, the starting left tackle for the Razorbacks. Coach, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I appreciate you, Luke, for being on. Luke, uh, I've known Luke since he was in and, and coached him a little bit, along with his father, since he was in fifth grade. So I've watched him grow and develop and get better. Always knew he's going to be a really good player because uh, he had fantastic feet. He was, a, he was a good basketball player, and I think that, that always makes you a good football player if you look at the Hunter Henrys of the world and the Hudson Henrys. They're really good at basketball. Um, and Luke, you know, he could move in space pretty good for a big guy. I, I know you wouldn't look at him and think basketball player, but he was that. Uh, and then I watched him grow up, and as, as a sophomore, he started for me as a sophomore, junior, and senior. He won state championships every year, so he's a winner. Uh, out of college, you know, under the Chad Morris thing, uh, you know, I don't want to – get on them too badly but when they came and came to school and offered him they just offered him a scholarship and expected him to take it right then and there without even looking around and you know I, to me that that said they didn't have a lot of faith in, in what the university itself was selling and uh luke had some great offers and a chance to go play for a really good offensive line coach that had been in the nfl and and then uh luke went to notre dame and i thought that was that was the right choice at that time and and uh, that offensive line coach left, and, and Luke wanted to transfer back home and play for the Razorbacks. And, and I, think if, uh, I think if the situation had been different and Coach Pittman had been at Arkansas at that time, I think Luke probably would have went to Arkansas then. But he, he could speak to that if he wants to. But I was proud of him. He's been a winner. He's been a great kid. He's been somebody that I've enjoyed being around him. I coached his older brother, so I know his family well. His dad's one of my very, very good friends. And he's just a he's just a good-hearted kid that comes and plays hard every day. Uh, I thought he deserved a chance last year and the year before a little more than when he got to play. But I'm so it it Luke. It just gives me so much pride to watch you on the field and get you to you know now all that hard work's paying off for you. So without further ado, all conference, all state when he was in high school and hopefully all SEC this year. And he's playing left tackle, the hardest spot on the offensive line. Luke Jones. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you've done a lot for me in my career up to getting to this point and instilled a lot of good mindset. Uh, just things that I think back on all the time of just working hard and always staying on course. You know, yeah, Luke, well, I'll, 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 yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, I'll, it's good. It's on. good, Coach. It's good. Luke, we appreciate you being a part of the show tonight. Um, you know, a couple of things I want to know right quick off the top of my head. What was it? What's it like? Being, I mean, just because I've never been able to do it. What's it like running out of the A? I mean, on a Saturday afternoon when the crowd's hype and things are popping, what's it like coming out, man? Honestly, it's hard to really remember what it's like because when you're running out and you see all those fans, everyone screaming and yelling, your body kind of starts going numb a little bit. You're like, oh, this is real. Like, we're about to get into it right now. So it's a pretty surreal feeling, uh, a feeling I wouldn't change for anything else in the world. You know, I love Arkansas. I love being here and running out of the A's definitely a really cool opportunity that I get to do on Saturdays. That's awesome, man. It, you know, as, as a lifelong Razorback fan, I've been a fan. I mean, I'm 43 years old, been a fan my whole life. So just that something about being in the stadium, I live out of state now. I don't live in, in, in Arkansas anymore, but it's just something about that feeling. 
You know, I mean, I remember what it was like in high school and in my college days, that feeling I would get before the game, you know, just that hair stand up on the back of my neck, you know, I'm ready, I'm pumped, I'm jacked. So I can't imagine being a hog and coming out, man. That's that's an awesome thing. Uh, we got a couple of guys here. We're going to we're gonna kind of pass the ball around a little bit. I want to start with Blake. Blake's got a couple of questions for you. Then we're going to go to Greg and then go to Danny, if that's okay. Sweet. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Luke, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for thanks for hopping on. Uh, I kind of wanted to see if you'd talk a little bit about what it's like from kind of a training and nutrition perspective to be – kind of have to be both a big physical Sam Pittman-stamped uh, offensive line and also have to have the – quickness and endurance to kind of run more of an up-tempo uh, type of an offense. So kind of what's that like? That seems to be where the biggest, where I've noticed kind of the biggest jump over the last few years is just in that speed and quickness and uh, looking like big boys. All right. So when I left high school, I was probably 285, 290, trying to get up to that weight. Uh, now I'm sitting at 325, 330, and it's the fastest I've ever felt like I move around <laughs> the most agile. So there's a big shout out to our strength staff and our nutritionists who we get meal, plan, meal plans each semester based on each individual person's goals and needs and stuff like that. And they've done a really good job helping me and all my teammates to reach their goals. Right on. Awesome. Uh, second, second thing, uh, what was it, what kind of, how satisfying was it for you all uh, as a position group to just kind of eat the way that you did on Saturday and uh, just kind of exerting your will? All right. So, you know, Games really are won in the trenches, um, and that's what our big motto was for this week. And we have a great group. Oh, we have a great group of those five guys up there. I mean, me, Ricky, Brady, Bo, Dalton, and a couple guys other that get in there too that just work really hard. And we pride ourselves as a group on hard work. And so whenever coach tells us that we need to run the ball and we're going to run the ball and that's the plan, then we're going to do that. Awesome. Greg, go ahead. Right, what's up, Luke? Um, first question is, uh, what does KJ's leadership mean to you in the offensive lineman and just the whole offense in general? Like, what what does he mean to y'all? He's our quarterback. We got to protect him. You know, we care a lot about him. He's been loyal to us ever since we've been here, and he's shown nothing but great leadership, great role model to all of us. He's a hard worker. He's a great player, and it, that just fuels us to want to protect him more as our job. Okay. And, uh, you know, in practice, like you guard guys like Drew Sanders, like how does that make you better? Like yeah. going in versus like other teams, like guarding guys like that. He's, he's definitely, he's a great player. I mean, what he showed on Saturday was, wasn't anything that we haven't seen before in practice. We know he's a baller. He's a great player. He's a playmaker. And it just, it's good to have him on our side, so we get him every day in practice. We get to see those looks of those hard pass rushes, of those hard run blocks that he's shedding those blocks and making the tackle on. So it's great practice for us to get to go against him, and I'm glad he's on our team. I'm going to keep mine um, pretty casual for you, but uh, what would you say your favorite part of being a hog is? Um, really just the state. Being able to play for the state of Arkansas because there's no, there's no major team in Arkansas, so it kind of feels like a little bit that the Razorbacks are that professional team, that major team, and just the support of the fans and everyone around in Arkansas just makes it feel like a way more larger deal than it does at some other places. And Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um, I know that personally, 
Sam Pittman makes me want to run through a brick wall. Certainly, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I'm, I also live out of state. Um, I moved out over to Virginia, but um, what is like, how do you feel playing under Pittman? Like what, what type of a coach do you feel like he is? Um, he just seems like a real type of like player yeah. guy. I mean, well, from an offensive line standpoint, it's great. I mean, our head coach is an offensive line coach. He's an amazing offensive line coach. We have an offensive line coach that's GA'd under him while he was at Georgia as well. So they're both very knowledgeable, very smart. And playing for him, it just means a little bit more coming from an O-line standpoint because he's a hard worker, blue-collar guy, always going to push you, but he does care about you. He wants to know what's going on, if there's something going on off the field. But he's also very motivating. Love playing for him. You know, Danny kind of stole one of my questions. I was going to ask you a follow-up about Coach Pittman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you see him on TV. Mm-hmm. You see him in the interviews. Is he, is he, is he the same dude all the time? I mean, yeah. I mean, I never – I mean, I've seen some video of him when he was just the offensive line coach. I got to go see him a little bit when he was working at Georgia. And it seems to me from afar that he's the same dude all the time. He's just mm-hmm. – he is what he is, no frills. You're getting the same dude, you know, 100% of the time. So, I mean, I realize you can't you can't go into a whole lot of detail, but just kind of kind of tell the Razorback fans, Razorback people that are watching this, going to watch this later, what's it like being around Coach Pittman just as a man? Not not, not I'm just talking talk, take the football out of the equation. Mm-hmm. What's it like being around Sam Pittman the man? It's just nice to have a caring, honest coach that pushes you really hard that knows that only pushes you because he knows your potential. He cares about you. He's there every single day with the team. He's always asking us questions, always making sure we're all right, always pushing us hard in practice. And I think both those things go really hand in hand well together with coach Pittman. He knows how to handle us on the field as well as off the field. Awesome. Awesome. Coach Kelly, you got any final questions for Luke? Yeah, I got a couple that just maybe I just want to know just because you've moved around a lot since mm-hmm. since you're in high school. You played tackle and then you played some guard and you've moved all around. Right. And this might might interest the people at home too. What's the biggest difference in playing inside and playing outside at tackle like you do now? What's the biggest difference? Um, I'd say really, I remember in high school, you told me being at tackle is more like being on an island. And that stands true to this day still. I mean, it really is more of, one-on-one situations where it's just really you and the defensive end and everyone else is on their guys on the other side. And it's, I'd say that's the biggest difference is just being in more one-on-one situations with a speed guy, with a smaller guy weight-wise, but faster, more athletic on the outside than on the inside. I think that's why you're so, I think, I think that's why you fit there, even though, you know, they'd like a six, eight guy or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you fit there because you're more athletic than most tackles are. I don't, people don't know that about you because you see a big, huge guy. But I know that. Um, and, and people don't get also that those guys inside get help. If it's a four-man front, usually a yeah. guard and a center on one guy, and you're always mm-hmm. by yourself. That's why I respect tackles so much. Uh, the other thing I'll say is is who is uh, in practice you go against a bunch of guys. And like you talked about, there's speed guys and there's big guys. Which one gives you uh, the most challenge, we'll say? I'd probably say Drew Sanders for sure. Uh, Zach also does a great job. We have a bunch of great D-linemen, you know, on our team. Yeah. All of them have really good looks, but I'd say we we're talking specifically on the edge, on pass pro, it's got to be Drew. I mean, the length, his strength, his feet, I mean, name them all, he's got it. You know, he's a great player. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. But uh, and you're you're not throwing anybody else under the bus or anything like that. No. But no, we're, all right, we're players. All right. let's let's go to a fun question. And and yeah. and, and you know you, you know some people don't want to think about it now, and, and but it's okay to think about it. It's fun. It's during the season. The season's over with. You have a great year. Mm-hmm. You're not coming back. Maybe you end up you know doing well, combine, getting drafted. Mm-hmm. If you could get drafted by anybody, who would it be? By anybody. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty generic for an Arkansas kid, but I'd probably say the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> pretty generic for an Arkansas kid. Yeah. That's okay. I just hate it. It is I mean, what it is. It's just – it's the closest team, and it's really the really the main team I followed throughout growing up as a kid just because I've got family over in Dallas and we used to go over there all the time. Yeah. Do you still root for Notre Dame or are you against Notre Dame? I'm not against Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, I love I love my teammates that I had to leave there. Uh, we still have great relationships. I still talk to a bunch of them all the time. Uh, it's not like a I hate Notre Dame type of thing. Yeah. It's more of a I didn't figure it was. It's more of a I love where I'm at, and that's what I'm focused on. Oh no, I know you do. I know you do. You just never know how you know. And people, yeah. I've, I've talked to different guys that have transferred. Some of them hate them. Some of them still, yeah. like you said, relationships mm-hmm. and love them. You did see they got their butt beat at home by Marshall, right? I did see that. <laughs> I just didn't know if you paid any attention to it or not. Last question, kind of Luke. Spot. We're gonna let you let you get to your rat killing tonight. I'm sure you've got something something important to do. <laughs> did Did you see the Texas A&M score? Whew. I saw that. I watched. I watched both those games. The back end did, of both games. As an offensive line, I was a defensive lineman in high school and college, so I, I you know. We, we had our battles with the offensive line all the time. Mm-hmm. But as a tackle, with a with a team that can run the ball successfully the way they run the ball, does that not jack y'all up a little bit for the game in two weeks? It does. You know, it does some people. A lot of guys on the outside world are talking about, already talking about NM, But with the two upsets we've already seen in the last two weeks that have been mm-hmm. big upsets, we're, we got to focus on each game at a time, no matter who Absolutely. it is. So we're still taking this week really serious. We're going to prepare the same way we do for any other team, any other week. Uh, the plan is to go out there and dominate, get some of the younger guys in, get them some reps, and then move on to the next week. Great. What I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask you, Luke, is, you know, when Luke was in high school and we were playing a team, Arkansas compared to Missouri State, that we knew we were going to be, Mm-hmm. I didn't I, – I wasn't a coach that always feeds them the ball no. that any team can beat you on a, on a Saturday or Friday because yeah. I said, these guys can't beat you. Now, they can make you play an ugly game, and we need yeah. to find something to work on and get better. What's the approach like compared to Cincinnati, compared to South Carolina from the coaches this week compared to those weeks? I'd say it's the same. It's the same. It's so the they're same. just telling you the same stuff. Saturday, college football game. They're going to roll the ball out there. We're going to snap. We're going to get rolling. We're going to treat it like any other team. So they didn't do like us, and we were playing one team one week, like fair, and we'd get ready for a game the next week. We're already practicing for the next game. Okay. You're not getting ready for A&M this week. There's no very fair. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Luke, thank you for coming on, buddy. I appreciate yeah, it. Hey, good luck. Yeah, I we appreciate absolutely, it. I absolutely love watching you and love love seeing your hard work pay off. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, thank Luke. You. Go Hawks. Take it easy. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, Luke. What a great kid.
Yeah, he's you know, a good kid. Smart kid, yeah. too. Really smart kid. Well, I mean, watching him coach, I mean, he's his grades and, you know, as far as alignment are coming out pretty high. Yeah. Um, you know, the first two games of the season, he's he's knocking penalties. He's he's playing smart. He's keeping KJ clean for the most part on the left side. I mean, he got overloaded a couple of times against Cincinnati just where they were setting heavy. But, um, you know, he's looked really, really good. Um you know, I I loved his answer to the question. You know, are you guys getting ready for A and M, or are you licking your chops? Because, frankly, Texas A and M couldn't stop App State. I mean, I, I watched you know the last two thirds of that game, and they just kept pounding them and pounding them and pounding them. You know, coach, as as a as a as a play caller and an offensive guy, when you know you can move the ball at will, and this goes to the next question I'm going to ask you. When you know you can move the football, that 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 Pretty much any time you want to run it, you're going to get five, six yards. How does that make you feel as a play caller, your, your confidence in your, in, in your team? Well, you said the right word. Confidence is the key. If you've got confidence doing anything, you're better at it. If you have confidence as a podcaster, if you have confidence as a golfer, as a quarterback, whatever it is, it just relaxes you. And, and from a physiological standpoint, if you're not confident, you're nervous, you have something called cortisol in your body, higher cortisol levels that clouds your brain. You don't think clearly, you think slower and all those things. Confidence takes all that away. Plus it allows you, and I won't say take chances because it's not chance. It allows you to be more forward thinking, more aggressive because you're confident that if that play doesn't work, you've got one that will coming up because your, your team's moving the ball well. And it just opens everything up in your mind and you don't limit yourself. And plus, you don't get behind the chains. You know, mm. if you run the ball on first and 10 and you make zero yards, you've almost got to throw it these days on second and 10. Well, if you're moving the ball and you make four yards in a second and six, the world is wide open to you. So big, big difference in it. And, and App State, you know, I don't want people, I don't want Arkansas fans to look at A&M and think they're not good. Mm. App State is really, really good. And don't think that A&M isn't going to be pissed off and wanting to kill everybody now. And they've got some animals. I mean, they've got some animals. I think they made a mistake at quarterback. I think Brad Johnson's son that won a Super Bowl for Gruden, I think he 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 was vying for it and they didn't announce it till late. You know, he might have been their better option. I think they've got a problem at quarterback. But uh, I, I think they're going to be a tough opponent. So I hope anybody didn't think, oh, my goodness, A&M is going to be easy because App State beat them. App State's a good ball club. You know, and, and to your point, Coach, I mean, it. it I, I don't want us to look too far ahead. I mean, I'm looking forward to this weekend, even though it's an FCS game. Bobby Petrino's coming back to Fayetteville. And, you know, I know the fan base is looking forward to it. There's been rumors going around Twitter, around the Internet, ladies showing up wearing blonde wigs, guys showing up wearing neck braces, all kinds of crazy stuff, nonsense. So I know the crowd probably is not going to be what we've had the last two weeks just because of the ball game that it is. Uh, but I, I fully expect a, a raucous environment. Um, you know, Blake, Blake, Danny, Greg, what what do you guys think? I mean, what what was your opinion of of what you saw from the offensive line Saturday? Oh, I mean, I thought that they just feasted. I mean, you could just see them. I mean, it looked like they were driving driving dudes back three yards for, you know, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a sight to see. Yeah, no, I'll follow up on Blake there. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I feel like um, they stepped it up a bit from the first game. 
Uh, and I feel like with each one we get, they're going to get a little bit more confident. They're going to get more powerful in what they're doing. I think it's it's going to be fun to watch develop over the season. I mean, I'll follow up on that. I mean, <laughs> the way we ran the ball was absolutely crazy. And, you know, I'm, I'm very excited uh, just the rest of the season going forward. I mean, I feel like our run attack is going to be one of the best in the SECs all year long just due to, like, how dominant our offensive line is running the ball. Well, and something I don't think that anybody has really talked about this weekend. I mean, after the game, listen to the commentators, this, that, and the other. Flip the, flip the line of scrimmage. The defensive line, you know, South Carolina had 29 rushing attempts for a net of 40 yards Saturday. That's one point. They abandoned the run, essentially. I mean, in the second half. I mean, yeah, the score was getting lopsided. It was going to get and, – and, and, and I promised myself I'm not going to get into this, but I got really aggravated at the end of the first half. We had a possession, and I feel like we wasted it because we were trying to trying to set the pass instead of just sticking with the running and running the clock and gave South Carolina the ball back with like two minutes to go in the half. Um, that kind of aggravated me a little bit as a, as a fan and as a football guy. As a as a as a follower of a player and a lineman, when we're eating, I want to keep eating. You know what I mean? I want to keep keep feasting on the defense. And and I felt like we missed an opportunity instead of being up three scores at half. We could have been up four and completely just broke their will going into halftime. They came out a little bit, and I fully expected Spencer Rattler to come out wanting to, wanting blood the second half because that's what he did against Georgia State. Coach, when you've got a lead. You get up three scores quickly in the first half, and you get the ball. In 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 you know, and I want I want you to put your offensive coordinator's hat on for a minute. What what would make you want to try to start? You know, just straight pass instead of trying to set the pass up off the run. Well, I think you know, good coordinators really start thinking about. You know, you don't want to start playing not to lose if you're winning. And, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get into that because next thing you know, you look up and they've scored. Like, they came back and made a six-point game. Mm-hmm. And even though we were throwing the ball a little bit, the thing that concerns me about our passing game is we didn't throw it down the field at all. Mm-hmm. We threw a little short stuff here and there. If you're going to do that, you might as well run the ball but because uh, the ball wouldn't go in at all down the football field. And not that I want to throw it 60 yards, but I do want to throw it 12 because that's behind the linebackers and in front of the safety. Those are all safe throws. But – but you, you don't want to get in that mode, and then sometimes you get too much in that mode, and you, and you go away from what was good to you and things like that. But And sometimes you think you've got the game in hand, and you want to practice throwing the football a little bit. I don't know that they got there, but, uh, but, but we've got to get better at throwing the football. The 18 out of the 21 looks efficient, mm-hmm. but it wasn't if you looked at where we threw the ball and how often we threw the ball. You play a team like Georgia – that sits on all that short underneath stuff, and that's not going to do you any good. I mean, they're going to punish our guys throwing mm-hmm. those routes and throwing stationary routes and stuff. And, and, and our goal, like this week to me, our goal isn't to beat Missouri State. We're going to beat them. I mean, we are. there's no way they're going to beat us, zero way. You know, I hope we practice on the things we need to get better at and don't just line up and try to run them over and impose our will. That's short-term thinking. That's not big. That's not that's not national championship type 
SEC championship type thinking. And, and knowing our coaching staff, I, I think they'll do that. I think they'll get a lead, and then I think they'll start working on some stuff, maybe even getting some experience on guys they really think are going to be playing for us at the end of the year, too. You know, it, it, sitting here looking at it and going back to the defensive line, I mean, essentially South Carolina just abandoned the run. I mean, they, 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 they figured out we cannot run against this front six. Now, Barry Odom kept doing something that was puzzling me a little bit. He kept going between the 4-2 and the 3-2 the, the, the front uh, Saturday and loading more, more defensive backs, uh, which doesn't explain the, the, the secondary issues that we saw Saturday. I mean, you'd think when you've got overwhelming numbers of, uh, of defensive backs, you're running in a cover three most of the time, you shouldn't have that many open zones in the middle of the field. I mean, as a coach, and I want you guys to kick in on this too. I want to know what you guys think. Um, I mean, wh wh where does your head go next week going into practice? I mean, I mean, because you go up against a Georgia or an Alabama or Texas A&M, you leave the middle of the field open, and they've got a quarterback worth his salt. He's going to sit there and pick you apart 12, 15 yards at a lick, and, and eventually it's going to burn you. Uh, I mean, I don't even think you have to look that far, honestly. I mean, what, what is Bobby Petrino the best at? Yeah. Exploiting weaknesses and exploiting the zone. I mean, that's exactly what he's going to do. He's gonna, he will pick that defensive part. I mean, I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think that they're, it's even going to be anywhere close, but they are going to they are going to rack up some yards. I really do. I do believe that. I, I think it would be kind of foolish to not think that that's exactly what's going to happen. But uh, going back to what you just said a minute ago about them abandoning the run like they did, uh, I don't know if you all caught this on the broadcast, but they're, they talked about it. Um, the One of their backs getting visibly angry on the sideline <laughs> that they had abandoned the run. Uh, that's, how, that's how visible it was. Well, I mean, when you break it down, I mean, they averaged 1.4 yards per rush. And what was the yeah. thing that everybody said they were concerned about before the season started? They were worried about our defensive line and could we get pressure? You know, granted, you know, the side, we had six sacks yesterday. Two of those were by Drew Sanders, one of them by Bumper Pools, so three of them out of your linebackers. Then you had three more half sacks out of one linebacker, Poopaw, and then Landon Jackson, and then uh, – Trying to remember, I don't think any of the defensive tackles got home yesterday. I think Zach Williams had a half sack. Uh, so the defensive ends were getting some push. Um, but you know, as a as a fan, I get I get kind of I get kind of worried when I look at the stat line and I, you know, yeah, they were under us in yardage, but their 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 average game per play was almost a yard and a half more than ours. And if you were just if you didn't look at the score and you just looked at those two numbers, you're gonna think, well, South Carolina won that football game. Well, and what, what's scary, too, is he missed two wide-open receivers mm -hmm. for deep. I mean, wide open. That mm -hmm. you anybody usually hits one of those. We got a little lucky he didn't win. If he hits one of them, add 60 yards to his passing, now he's at 430. Mm -hmm. You know, and the yards per attempt's up, their yards per play is up another yard past ours. And, a, and I'm not trying to bring doom and gloom. Maybe we would have played differently, too, had they stayed in the game longer, too. You know, but, but – uh, uh, you know, I think Spence, uh, I think the coaches, their, their guys saw coming out of halftime, we had some open guys we didn't hit. Mm -hmm. And we're behind in this thing anyway. We're having more, you know, we're having more money, more yards per play when we throw the ball. And I think that's why they got away from it too. Plus they saw on film last week when Cincinnati got behind, they were able to throw the football on us. So mm -hmm. I think that's just an adjustment they made. And they decided if we're going to die, we're going to die on the hill of that. 
and not trying to, you know, come from behind running the football because they knew they weren't going to break any explosive runs. They're not going to have, you know, two 40-yard runs in the second half. So they knew that was their best chance. Well, and, you know, you look at the, you know, the, the notes on the game, and I, I've got this noted. It's, you know, since 2020, the Razorbacks have had 28 interceptions in 25 games. That's the most against all among all SEC teams in that span. We've got more interceptions, but yet we, you know, it, it's it's an offsetting. I think it's a skewed stat because you look at it and you look at the total pass yards. I mean, McLaughlin made up that that was is about a good a high point catch as a, as a cornerback can make in the end zone to stop a score. Uh, and I think it kind of I don't want to say it broke South Carolina's wheel, but it really shook Rattler up. I mean, he was. He was having some issue because he didn't see. I mean, you can tell by the look on his face when he threw the ball, and then after he came off, he was shaking his head because he just didn't see McLaughlin sitting underneath on on top of the ball. Uh, you know, one of the things that 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 kind of stood out to me, and, and I want to get your guys' feedback on this. KJ looks confident in the pocket. I mean, he he looks like he's ready to make the throws. You know, and, and I and I want to hear your guys' take on this around the room. What do you think it's going to take to get him? Because, I mean, last year at the same time, we played Rice, didn't play great, won the game. Played Texas A&M, or played Texas. Played pretty good, blew him out. Next week, we played Georgia Southern. He goes for 336. So, do we see KJ go for another 300-yard game this week? I think what I think what coach said that where they actually give him you know try to test some things and don't just play conservative and just you know run the ball down their throat the entire game I think yeah I think he absolutely could and should um, I hope that that's what we see I mean he's got the ability I think the more that he connects with some of these new receivers I mean the the speeds there there I mean he's hitting people he it's just I don't think we got a good gauge on what that's going to look like particularly I, I think this last game was just all about offensive line play and running the football I knew we, I think we knew we could so mm -hmm. why not just go ahead and let's see if we can just bully people for an entire game and <laughs> I think that that's what we did so um I, I I think coach is right I don't think we really see that this next week I think KJ has a big game Greg uh, and oh sorry Danny go ahead I was just going to say, I mean, we all know that obviously KJ can throw the ball. Um, we, we saw it, you know, a ton last season with Burks. And I do think we've talked about it previously um, the last two weeks that it's a lot of a like a confidence thing with the newer receivers or the receivers that didn't get as many um, targets last year. I just feel like getting them in the game more, um, he's comfortable in the pocket. It's just a matter of once he starts connecting, I think that it's just going to be game over from there. It's going to be game by game. Um, he's going to know that he can, he has that trust in those receivers. He can make those, um, those big passes and hopefully he does have another game that's, you know, 330 yards. Go ahead, big Greg. I mean, yeah, just, you know, going off of Danny, like I do feel like, you know, this is week three. I mean, I feel like Cage is going to have a lot of confidence. I mean, Missouri state's, you know, one of the easier defenses that he's going to face this year. And, you know, I see Hazelwood, you know, I see Matt Landers going, you know, off like this week, you know, and the more big plays that KJ has, which I think he'll have this week, you know, it'll bring more confidence to him. So I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty excited about what he's bringing to the table this week. And then that's going to carry over to the rest of the year. Well, you know, talking about the receivers, you know, Hazelwood, he had 30 yards on five catches, uh, targeted five times. Landers was targeted five times, caught four, 45 uh, yards after catch were five. Hazelwood had 25 yards after catch. Um, I tell you what what showed up to me re-watching the game, Jaden Hazelwood's a tough little dude. Brother's got brother got a little gangster in him. You know what I mean? Hey, threw that dude to the ground. He 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 didn't throw him to the <laughs> I mean, ground. He just... threw that dude into the he's that dude's already in, in back in Columbia waiting to play Georgia. He don't know where he's at. Um, you know, and, and give South Carolina credit. South Carolina, they had some injuries coming into the game. I like think two of their star defensive tackles or defensive ends were out. Uh, they lost a linebacker yesterday. They lost one of their safeties, lost one of their corners. I mean, there was some some thudding going on on both sides of the football. Um, Coach, I want you to speak on this real quick. Looking at the rushing stats again, you know, Rocket Sanders had another 150-yard-plus day, two touchdowns. Uh, I want to say he moved into a into a tie or moved into, moved into a spot with Darren McFadden is one of two backs to have 150 and, 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 and two against South Carolina and could second, you know, in, in a game. And I think it's his third multi, multi rushing touchdown game and Ted's only sophomore. But the thing that really, really is bothering me is KJ carried the ball for 19 times again Saturday. And that, that concerns me. You know, I know we've got AJ green, we got Dominion. Duke Johnson still hasn't played yet. You know, I, I feel like Duke's going to play Saturday. I think they've got to play him Saturday to get him ready. If he's going to play against A&M the next week, he needs to take some contact. But I asked you last week, I'm going to ask you again, do they, do you keep running KJ like this? Because eventually it's going to come back and bite us in the butt, I'm afraid, like it did against A&M last year. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Matt. I mean, he had 19 carries and then, then add up a couple hits in the backfield, took two mm-hmm. sacks, got hit a couple more times after he threw the ball. You know, he's being hit. 25 times a game and several of those are when he's vulnerable and can't protect himself now he is a hard runner and I think he is the key to our offense running I just don't think it has to be as much as it is and I would love to see him learn to slide and give up a yard and a half and not take any hit at all but he's Mm -hmm. a big guy and he wants to lower his shoulder and get those two extra yards you know, when I was coaching in, in, in high school and in college last year, I'd tell our guys, get what you can get and get down, get what you can get and get out of bounds. Because Bobby Bowden, who won a lot of football games, a lot of national championships at Florida State, coached the same way. He said, I want my guys to be healthy the next week, not beat up and dinged. Well, as you get to game 10, game 11, and now you've gotten – you've been hit 250 times instead of 50 mm-hmm. times like he's been hit now. Those take a toll on you. You're not quite as quick. And when you're not quite as quick and you can't get out of the way quite as good in the pocket, you get hit a little bit harder. Maybe you fumble this time. Maybe you take a sack that you would have pulled away from. He pulled away the other day from a great sack, mm-hmm. went out to the right and was through the ball. But all that stuff gets a little harder to do at the end of the season if you're nicked up. So I'd like to see him run him a little less when we didn't have to. And I'd like to see him learn to slide. Like I would make him slide or I'd say, hey, I'm not gonna, you're not, we're not going to run you anymore at all. Well, and then you put in a shot that he took to the side of the head. I mean, those guys get concussions doing that, you know. Yep. I mean, to me, it looked like a targeting call. 
obviously the referees on the field didn't see it that way. There were some calls Saturday that I was kind of like, are we watching the same game? <laughs> you know, but you get into a situation where you can be a fan. It's real easy to nitpick the the, the officials and start, start beating them up pretty hard because you're not there on the field. You're not watching it yeah. live as fast as they're seeing it. It's a tough um, job. It is hard. It is hard. Uh, I know a couple of guys that that do lower level college football and do high school, and and I wouldn't. They've asked me, "Hey, you want to be a referee?" I'm like, Mm-mm, "No, sir. I'm not interested." One, that's a lot of running, and I'm fat. And I don't like to run because uh, where I come from, running was punishment. And two, yeah. uh, I don't want to deal with the parents. Real quick, I want to I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Real quick, and we're going to get into something else. Uh, Mid Delta Land Management out of Lake Village, Arkansas serving the entire state of Arkansas with specific land management strategies targeted to get the best value out of your property and increase your annual income return and produce premium land appreciation. Call our partners at Mid-Delta Land Management today at 870-737-2217 to schedule an appointment. We really appreciate uh, Mid-Delta Land Management. They're the ones that are helping us a lot with the the Big Pig Energy Mystery Giveaways every week. We're going to have another one this week. Uh, we really appreciate the crew down there in, in South Southeast Arkansas and what they've done for us this season. The AP poll dropped today, and this has been a, a hot topic of conversation across Twitter, uh, Arkansas Twitter. So I want to get your guys' take. Do you think we're overrated? Do you think 10's too high? Start with Greg. Greg's shaking his head no, so I'm going to pick on Greg first. I mean, the SEC West is wide open. Uh, I mean – we watched Alabama versus Texas. Alabama didn't look as good as, you know, they've looked, you know, historically. Like, they're – I feel like this this is the year where Arkansas can make that push to win the SEC West. Um, being ranked 10th, based off what we've seen, like, in the first two weeks of the season, I think being ranked 10th is, you know, it's really good for us. So you like 10th right now where we're sitting, okay? Yeah, that's Blake, definitely not overrated at all. Blake, where, where's your mind going? Uh, I, I don't think that we're I – don't, I don't necessarily think that we are uh, a, a top 10 team, but I don't think anybody outside of like top two has shown that they're a top 10 team. So if we're just throwing people into the conversation, then we might as well be in it. So, um, I, but I think that the reality is, is it's still just too early to know what some what this is all going to look like. I, I don't – I don't think that we're there yet, but I don't think a lot of teams uh, are there. I, I don't really take a lot of stock in in Alabama's performance in Austin. I hate Texas more than life itself, um, but Austin's a tough place to play. Austin, whenever they think that they're worth a, um, a crap, um, <laughs> is an even worse place to play. So. Um, I, I think that they got rattled. I think that I think it was loud. Um, I, I think it was just a new environment. I, I, you know, it, it's it's not one of those familiar places where you go in, you know, the locker rooms, you know, all those. You know, it, it's not like going and playing at a loud Auburn. Uh, you know, it's. It, I think it just kind of rattled their cage a little bit. I think that you see them come out and, and be the Alabama that they that they are um, the rest of the season. Uh, it, do, it doesn't make me think that they're not beatable. I definitely think that they are. Um, but I thought I think that they showed some of those vulnerabilities last year too. So um, I, I think we might as well be in that conversation of the top ten. But um, yeah, a lot of work to do. I know people were getting, you know, uh, I, I think if you're going to have that conversation about is Arkansas a top ten team, then have about everybody else that's outside of Georgia uh, and ask the same question. 
Dang yeah, any? I do. I do think it's pretty early on to kind of have a, a set top ten. Um, I mean, I love that they put us in the top ten. Um, I feel like that is going to come with a lot more scrutiny from other fan bases, things like that, when they're playing us or um, just opposing fans in general from other fan bases. They're going to see that. They're going to doubt it. They're going to, you know, talk their talk, whatever. Um, I personally, I mean, I'm happy with it. I don't know if I'd personally put us in the top ten, um, but at the same time, I haven't watched enough of the other games that are, with teams that are in the top ten to really make an assessment. Uh, I will follow up with what you said, though, Blake, about um, Alabama being in a new environment and, like, Texas kind of rattled their cage. I get that, but at the same time, whenever you think about Alabama, you don't think about them losing by one point on the road. Like, that's not something that I thought was going to happen. And I, I hate Alabama and I hate Texas. I, if both of them could have lost, that would have been great. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, I mean, either way, I would have been fine with that game. But at the same time, I do think that I would have imagined that Alabama would have won by – at least more than one. Coach? Um, I, I mimic a lot of what Blake said. I, I, I don't think – I don't think – well, and Danny too. I don't think we played enough football to really know who the ten best teams are. But I know mm -hmm. you start somewhere, and we started in a good spot, and you move up if you keep winning, and some teams lost. It was a big weekend for upsets and things like that. Uh, on the Alabama game, uh, I won money on Texas. I, I knew they'd play them well. Steve Sarkeesian was there. He knows Nick Saban's defense is backwards and forwards. It was at Texas. I mean, all the things y'all mentioned, I, I just knew they were going to play them well. And Texas bought – when the NIL hit, it helps LSU. It helps Texas. Mm -hmm. They bought some players, and they bought some darn good players that they wouldn't have got, and they bought Arch Mannings to show you they could do it. You know I mean? And that's where it's at now. And, and, and I don't think that – you know, we're in the top 10, but I'm looking. Who else is around? Kentucky. I think Kentucky's highly overrated. Uh, they went down to Florida, and I, I think Florida's going to be a team to be reckoned with the more that the season goes along. Mm. You look at BYU, BYU could be ranked in the top 10. They are mm. animal offensively and defensive line. The, and I've got a kid that played for me that's starting on their defensive line. Those are 25-year-old men. They're not 21 like Luke is and 22. I mean, those are two years in the – on a, on a mission, on a Mormon mission, and then and they're grown men. It's a different world. And you look at Michigan and Clemson and Ohio State, and, and there's a lot of teams below us and, and ahead of us that you could throw them all in a pot except for Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Who knows about four through 18, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so I think it's cool for our kids probably that we're ranked in the top yeah. 10. They get to say it. But I you do hate to have a target on your back this early. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to beat a top 10 team, and that's the downfall of it. But if you had to say, would you rather be in the top 10 or not, you always take it. Got to learn to play. Got to learn to play with target on your back, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I just, I just know how our fan base can be. You know, I it's mean, we're so, oh, they're insufferable <laughs> when we're losing. But when we're winning, they're like, they, they turn it from about a seven to a 14. <laughs> You know, and that's no no knock on our fan base at all. Don't get me wrong. I just think that, you know, us being 10 is a little high. Um, I would have I would have been okay with us being around 12. You know, getting in the top 10, that brings another level of expectation. And and coach, you know this, and we've talked about this as a group. Those kids read social media, they read the media articles. As much as the coaches tell them to stay away from it, they're reading this stuff and one of Nick Saban's most famous quotes was, I wish y'all quit writing that shit because it's just a bunch of rat poison. And, and that's kind of where 
my head goes as a as a as a as a parent number one i don't want my son getting his head too exploded and too swollen because he had a good game or because of something a guy wrote in the paper about him or something somebody said or negative you know about what's on the internet so you know i i looked at it this afternoon you know i was looking around i watched a couple of these games of georgia georgia's georgia they're 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 i don't know anybody's gonna be georgia this year they're good um kirby has got it rolling in athens alabama showed some holes they had the most penalties they've had since 2007 when nick saban got there that was the most undisciplined alabama team i've seen in a long long time and 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 you know we we did not play great penalty wise either saturday i mean we had 10 penalties for 122 yards so you know there was a lot left to be desired ohio state didn't look great in the first half against arkansas state you know it was it wasn't real real close but it was closer than I thought it would be. I didn't think Ohio State or Arkansas State have an opportunity to score. Michigan hadn't looked great. Clemson hadn't looked great. Oklahoma had trouble running the football Saturday. I mean, you go through the top team. The only team in there that, that I thought looked decent, Southern Cal is throwing the ball all over the place. They're lighting it up on the pack on in the pack, out on the West Coast. Do they have a defense? I don't think so. I don't think they've got the studs that they had 20 years ago when Pete Carroll was down there yet. Can Lincoln Riley get there? Possible. Because they, they're the only team on the West Coast, I think, Coach, and you, you may disagree with me. I think they're the only team out there that's got pockets like Texas has got with their booster network and the things that they can throw around. Maybe um, Oregon. Maybe Oregon. Maybe, maybe Oregon, Oregon with Phil Knight, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy and the mullet doing what they do over there in Stillwater, you know, I – it's, I, you know, again, I, I think it's a thing of conjecture at this point. I wish they didn't start ranking teams till week six. I understand why they do it because they need it for TV ratings to get the money up and get the advertisers happy. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Real quick, I want to throw – It gives us something to recruit on, too. Yeah, absolutely does. No, it's, absolutely. it gives us something to recruit on. No, you're absolutely right, Blake. I mean, it's two years in a row that, that we've been in the top ten going into week three. Yep. You know, the key is can we stay up there? That's the key. Well, just glad we're not playing Georgia this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad, George. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad. You know, I was looking at the schedule for next year. I'm glad we're not playing Florida in Gainesville this year. Yeah. We're not playing Georgia this year. We don't see Tennessee this year. We won't see any of those three teams unless we make it to Atlanta. And that's that's the that, that's best case scenario. Where everything line, you know, stars are all in the right place and everything happens right. Danny, real quick, I want to throw to you. Hog Twitter hot takes. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, starting off, this is also about being ranked in the top 10 um, from Conway, Conway Tweedy, still clever. Um, he said, we may be number 10. <laughs> we may be number 10, but we're not a top 10 team. Lots of work left to do. And I trust Coach Pittman to get the most out of his crew. Happy to be ranked where we are, but after two games, it doesn't mean much. Lots of stuff to fix. We get those things right, and we definitely belong there. Um, let me see some of these other ones. There were some good ones that I had asked people for. <laughs> what did Ben say? Ben said something about, yeah, Ben Devine said, Hudson Clark played very good other than um, one deep ball that he got beat on in the fourth. Um, pointed out there were missed tackles all around, but overall played a decent game. And then throw in one more. <laughs> Dat boy Sammy P said, KJ Jefferson is the best game winner we've ever had at QB, and that's not even really a lukewarm take in his opinion. But I will also like to throw in about um, 
just Arkansas fan base as a whole kind of we touched on it a second ago but I was listening to a podcast today I'm not going to say who it was who they were but um, it was a woman that's an A&M fan and this was before the season ever started she said that Arkansas fans have the most insufferable fan base because we act like just because we had one decent season that we won a national championship I would also like to say that everybody else around her said, why shouldn't they act that way with the coach that they have after the years that they've had? So I feel like we have a little bit of wiggle room in there for how we can act just because we suffer for so long that we can act a little bit out of pocket sometimes. Well, you know, and I'll say her name, Casey Smith. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I'm not scared of bring her on out here. I'd love to have her on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the thing. There, there's fan bases that I call wine and cheese crew, and that's Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. There's a reason our fan base can't stand theirs. There's a reason they can't stand us. That goes back before three of you were a little bitty. Some of you weren't even born. You go back to when I was a kid, when Southwestern Conference action was going on, and Coach can speak to this. I remember folks from Texas would come rolling by my granddaddy's gas station in Eastern Arkansas looking for directions. And he would tell them, I didn't help you find your way here. I ain't helping you find your way back just because they had a Texas plate on their car. So, you know, younger folks don't totally understand that, but there's a lot of hate and animosity there. Uh, You know, she's allowed to have her opinion, even though it's wrong. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) hey, look, Miss Casey, if you hear this and see this, we'd love to have you come on the show. We'd love to talk a little ball with you. Um, Come on out. You know, uh, I'm going to throw it to Blake real quick. I know Blake had a had a busy weekend this weekend. We got some other Razorback sports going on. Volleyball was playing. I think the, the lady soccer team was on the road this week. We want to make sure we get them recognized tonight. Absolutely. Uh, first thing, big shout out to the volleyball team. They, uh, as of today, this afternoon against Colorado, their sixth straight sweep. Uh, I think we're probably going to see them ranked here uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, I don't know if any of you all have ever uh, been able to catch any of the volleyball games. We've got uh, a girl on our team. Her name is Jillian Gillen, I believe. Uh, Terrifying in the best way possible. Uh, She is (laughs) phenomenal. Uh, I love watching her play. Uh, I actually got to go with – a couple of our Razorback Twitter friends uh, to the volleyball game the other night. Uh, if you haven't been out to one, it's a lot of fun. They're really easy to get to uh, and things. It's, it's an easy game experience. Uh, this, uh, the 15th, uh, number five Georgia Tech comes. Get, to, get out to Barnhill and, and show them some support. There's actually a pretty decent crowd there. It's a lot of fun, super engaging, um, and, and it's just a, it's a good time. So uh, they'll be uh, – Georgia Tech here, NC State here before they get into SEC play, uh, give them uh, give them some support. Soccer was on the road. They went to BYU, number 15 BYU, uh, 13 actually, I believe. Uh, ended in a draw, which, uh, you know, not, not sure how that works as far as moral victories and draws go, but um, I, I know that that was a successful, <laughs> that was a successful, uh, a successful event. So, uh, they actually at nine o'clock started playing um, at Grand Canyon. Um, so it seems quite a bit of a distance to hit a volleyball back and forth. So I'm not hundred percent sure that's just me, uh, but they are playing right now actually. So uh, if you're able to catch that, I'm sure that's streaming somewhere. They are going to openly play here in the next couple of weeks uh, at Mississippi state. Um, men's tennis has got a couple of players in the finals at the ITA fall circuit. Uh, swimming and diving are about to open their season at the Arkansas Invite in Little Rock. 
And we've got some fall softball action happening at Bogle. Uh, Courtney Dodd coming in off of her contract extension that keeps her here until 2030, which is awesome. I think she's going to be here for a while. She seems to really love it. Um, could not be happier that she uh, is heading up our program. The next time that they're going to play is Sunday, the 18th at 9.30 in the morning. It's the, uh, I think it's inner squad type action stuff, but uh, fall softball is happening and that's kind of what's going on. Man, that's awesome, Blake. I appreciate it. Uh, real quick, we're going to get into the pick'em. Uh, Coach Kelly's pick'em this week. I just want to give a recap on where everybody's at for the week. Um, you know, for the week of week two, uh, Danny finished three and four. Blake finished four and three. I finished four and three. Coach and Greg both finished five and two. That brings us to a total record. Danny's at nine and five. Blake and Greg are in the lead at ten and four. And then me and me and me and uh, coach are both nine and five, so we got a three-way tie for third place and a two-way tie for first right now. Um, you know, we 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 all kind of stubbed our foot. You know, uh, Blake Blake and Danny both on the Vandy game. Uh, Blake and I were the only two to pick App State this week. Um, you know, the pit game bit us all, <laughs> except for coach. Coach knew something, and so did Greg that we didn't, uh, the Kentucky game was, the only game we had across the board that we all picked was Bama and the Hogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of where it laid out last week. But this week, we got some fun games scheduled, man. I, I'm really looking forward to these. Um, we'll start with the first one. Uh, Georgia's going to South Carolina this weekend. Uh, the line is minus 24 and a half to Georgia with an over and under of 50 and a half. Be nothing but blood and feathers. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So Yeah, George is going to run away with that. <laughs> so hold on. So we got Blake, Danny, Greg, Coach, and me. UGA. I'm writing these down so I keep them for this week. So everybody's like picking. That's, we're picking that's chalk for Georgia, right? Yeah, that's one I wouldn't want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that it you know that's gonna be what my granddaddy would call and this is probably a little bit of a uh a slang term it, it, it it's gonna be a stump breaking for for south carolina i just hope spencer rattler comes out healthy uh georgia has got some massive massive guys in the middle um they reloaded not to mention that six seven 278 pound tight end they've got that likes to jump over people like a gazelle he's a complete freak um, you know, this one, this one caught my eye simply because Scott Frost got, got let go today. You know, North or, uh, <laughs> Nebraska decided to go ahead and pay that $15 million buyout after losing the game to Georgia Southern. What a job Clay Helton's done at Georgia Southern this year. I mean, undefeated goes into a yeah. big, big conference in, in, in the big 10 and beats Nebraska on the road. Uh, we got OU at Nebraska. OU's favored by 13 and a half with the over and under a 65. Yeah, I'm taking OU. Center, baby. Yeah, OU all the way. Everybody's taking OU, so we're going to chalk there. Do what, Coach? Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska's in complete shambles right now. Would you take the job, Coach? Well, yeah, because then you can, you can make you can get fifteen million and get fired. You can get, get fired. Fifteen million. Uh, if they give, if they give it to me, if they give it to me, I'll take all of you for a job too, and y'all all make some money, and we we'll all get fired and make some money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm there for it. I, long as I long as I get to be the defensive coordinator, I don't care. Um, 
Penn State, Auburn. This is one that I'm really interested in this year. And the reason I say this is you got a lot of things going on down on the plains at Auburn. They've had a lot of upheaval with, with AD leaving. Brian Harson is notably on the hot seat. They did not look very good against San Jose State last weekend, this past Saturday. Penn State comes in. Penn State's, I don't really know like what they've got and what they ain't got. You know, I know James Franklin's a hell of a ball coach, does a great job. Penn State's favored by three in Jordan Hare. Now, I had to go back and dig, and I still hadn't found the number, but it's been more than 20 years since a team from the Big Ten has came into Jordan Hare and been favored. So, got Penn State minus, or minus three over and under 48 and a half. What do you guys got? This is the battle of the should-be betters. Um, I'm going to take Penn State. I think they got an ax to grind. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust Auburn to come out and inspired. I mean, I know it's a home game. It's going to be a big game. Uh, yeah. Take Penn State. Danny. I'm going to take Auburn just because I've got friends that are Penn State fans and I want to see them cry. So that is my reasoning. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Love it. Greg. I'm going to take Auburn. Uh, I know last year Auburn was really close to winning at Penn State. Uh, I just feel like this year they're going to come out and win it. So I'm going to take Auburn. Coach? Penn State. Um, I'm Auburn, right there with you. Auburn, Auburn looks to be in disarray themselves. Yeah, they, they, that's another one that as much as I would hate to wear the color orange because I'd look like a traffic cone. If coach got the job, we could all go down there and get a big payday because they're notorious for paying coaches a lot of money to go somewhere else. They are. They really are. Um, and I, you know, I'm married to a lady that's an Auburn fan. I got a bunch of friends that played there, and I've told them all to a man, y'all are going four games this year. Get ready. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean it's really they almost bad. lost it. They almost lost to San Jose State. They struggled. And and that ended Chad Morris's career here. And I thought mm -hmm. I thought if, if they did, I don't think Harson's there today if they'd end up beating them. They were ahead late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liberty Wake Forest. This one, this one, this one's got me like I'm a little intrigued because you've got Hugh Freeze's offense, which is very productive, does great things. They're creative with the football. They do a lot of things. And coach, coach, I know you know this. They do a lot to move around and mask things and make things go away. But the thing that I saw with Liberty this weekend when I watched them play, very disciplined on defense. Very disciplined on defense. Sam Hartman's back. They went to Vandy, won relatively easily. Vandy didn't give them much, much fight in the second half. Liberty is uh, is a 16-and-a-half-point dog at Wake Forest, over and under 62-and-a-half. I think the over on that game, I think, I think Wake Forest, I think it's going to get into a shootout between the two. Um, Blake, where are you at on Liberty, Wake Forest? Uh, I'm going to go safe and take, take Wake Forest. Take Wake. Danny, I can't. I can't trust that Hugh Freeze is going to have a job one day to the next. <laughs> oh, you're killing. I hope me. he's going to make you're it to game me. day. You're killing me. No. Um. You know, I originally had Wake on this one, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Liberty. All right, Greg. You're really gunning for that number one spot, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Wake Forest on this one. Greg's taking Wake, Coach. Wake Forest. They're going to blow them out. See, you said that last week about App State and A&M. 
I know. What are the odds? What are the odds I'm wrong two weeks in a row? It doesn't happen mm-hmm. often in my house. That's my life. Never <laughs> <laughs> wrong. There you go. There you go. It was an that's, that's my thoughts exactly. I, I right. Upsets last week. I, my luck's run out. I, I'm, I'm gonna play on some house money because I picked A and M to lose last week. Uh, I, I really think Hugh Freeze is gonna have something dialed up for this game. It's gonna be nationally televised. It's gonna be a big. It's a big opportunity for Liberty. Uh, to show who they are. ACC is not really known for playing a lot of defense. I think this thing's going to get to a shootout. It's going to be close. I think the line's going to be a lot closer than 16 and a half, but I am going Liberty. Um, little, little known fact, Liberty is the largest university in the country. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because of their web access, too. They're, they've, they've got people all over the world that take yeah. uh, undergrad social stuff wow. with them. Oh, and by the way, Wake Forest coach is pretty darn good, too. Oh, he is. No doubt. Very good. No doubt. No doubt. No disrespect to Wake Forest. I just, I just, you know, I, I got a thing about Hugh Freeze. I, I like Hugh. I like what he does offensively, and, and he, he makes football fun to watch. Um, another fun game, Miami, Texas A&M. At a, it's at A&M. I believe the kickoff time's around 2 o'clock, 2.30. A&M's coming off that, that big upset. They're going to be, I think they're going to be a little bit, you know, dodgy. Miami loves to rub football. Cristobal's, you know, his his offensive philosophy with him being an offensive line guy, he wants to run the football. He wants to go back to the old days of Miami where they were powering up on everybody and running it down their throat. What do you think? Go ahead, Blake. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to tell you the line. My A&M's favored by six, over and under is 47 and a half. Uh, I'm gonna take Miami. Taking the U, Dan. Yeah. I'm going with A and M. I feel like after last weekend, they're gonna they're gonna come in with chip on their shoulder. Lord help you. I'm gonna pray for you, Danny. You're gonna get your heart right one of these days. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> I mean, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm also gonna go with A and M. Coach. A&M, Miami was only up 14 to 10 on Southern Miss last week. And A&M's, gonna, A&M's got to win because they took uh, Fisher into a dark room, the oil guys did, slapped him around a little bit and told him, we're going to fire you if you don't beat, beat Miami by 40 this week. <laughs> God almighty, Let me just bust out person. my 1990s playbook and we'll just get straight to work. So Mississippi State. At LSU, Mississippi State struggled a little bit last night against Arizona. I think the time change messed them up a little bit. That was a slop. I only watched the first half. I didn't watch the whole game. Uh, pretty sloppy. We got some Mississippi State guys that kind of matriculated over into, into, into Arkansas Twitter, so I want to give them a little shout-out. But the game, Mississippi State's favored minus three in the swamp at night, over and under 54. Go ahead, Blake. Uh, hmm. yeah, I'm gonna take state. Hmm. It's at LSU, Danny, right? It's at LSU at night. Three point favorite, Mississippi State. Go ahead, Danny. I'm taking LSU. Ooh, taking the Bayou Bengals. Yeah, I'm anti Mississippi State right now. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that at Didn't all. Didn't have anything to do with those two, does it? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Shout out, Josh. Shout out, shout out, Bob. Shout out, uh, Bob. There you go. Shout out, Bob. Go ahead, Greg. I'm going Mississippi State. LSU was 
not looking good this year. So, Coach? I'm going Mississippi State just because I, I think LSU is more talented, but Mike Leach is my buddy and he's the funniest guy, but in football. So. <laughs> At least if they're losing, he's a national treasure. Yeah, he is a national treasure. He is. He is. <laughs> uh, I do like Mike Leach. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I do try to figure out what he's looking at sometimes in press conferences because he's got that that one eye that likes to kind of – anyway. Um, it does stray. It strays on him, especially when he starts telling a story. It's like it just yeah. starts wandering, looking at somebody over here in the corner. You know, and I, I keep waiting him going, hey, that guy's eating a donut, you know. Um, love it, but, you know, it is what it is. Man, I'm going to tell you guys, and I, I'm with Danny, and I hate to do this because I hate LSU. Um, LSU is a very hard place to play under any circumstances, especially at night. Um, it's Brian Kelly's first real night game. I mean, I know they played Southern last week, but that was kind of like, eh, this is a conference game. Crowd's going to be amped. I don't know if you guys – I've been to a couple games in Baton Rouge at night where the Hogs have played. It's a different atmosphere down there. I got to yeah, go with Tigers. Corn dogs, and... <laughs> corn dogs, flop sweat, and uh, a lot of other things. <laughs> but um, I'm going LSU uh, really close, really, really close. I think it's going to come down to the last possession. Uh, last game, Hogs, Missouri State. Uh, we all know the storyline. Um, you know, Bob Trino is coming back to Fayetteville for the first time since he got let go. Um, I'm not going to rehash all that. Uh, hearing rumors that the student section is going to be wearing blonde wigs and neck braces, like you can't find a neck brace in Fayetteville, <laughs> Springdale, anywhere right now. I've said that if the University of Hunter Yurichek doesn't let Sam lead the team out on a red Harley, something is wrong. We're doing it wrong in Fayetteville. Um, I'm pretty much, pretty much already going to say everybody's picking the hogs, right? Yeah. Okay. This is where I want to get fun with this. This is where I want to get fun, and I'm going to do this. $25 out of my pocket, closest score for the game. Go around the room. We'll start with Coach, then Blake, then Danny, then 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 Greg. I'm not going to participate. $25 gift card to Amazon out of my pocket, whoever gets the closest score. want to go first. Why? You want to see what they're um, picking first? Uh-huh. All right, fine. All right. Danny, go, go, go first, Danny. I'll let you <laughs> oh, go I first. I have to go first. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first. I'm trying to be. Ladies you know. first, Blake. Fine. 49-21. <laughs> Blake's got 49-21 hogs. I was literally going to go 47-21. <laughs> you still can. I mean, come on, Danny. Yeah, 47-21. That's it. All right. Thread the needle. Greg? I'm going to go 41-24 hogs. Coach. 61-28. Damn. I actually want to change mine. I want to do 47-18. <laughs> All right, Danny. I'm going to give you that. It's the only time you can change it. It's in stone now. I wrote it in. Okay. You can't change it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw my score out. I'm not participating, but I am going to throw my score out. If you get it right on, Matt, next time you're in town, I'll buy you lunch. Next time you're a little rock, right, I'll buy you lunch. That'll work. I'll be there in a couple of weeks. Um, all right, so coach said 61-28. You're counting on a backup to have a big day, aren't you? I, I'm thinking 70 
to 21. And the reason I say this is this. I think KJ is going to hit a bunch early. They're going to get him out before the first half. And Hornsby's going to come in, and it's going to Katie bar the door. I, I really believe that this is going to be one of those games, and I think is I'm worried about the crowd size just because it's an FCS game, but there's the draw of having Katrino there on a Saturday night. It's going to be on the SEC Network. I, I really think we're going to lay 70 on them. I, I just I have this feeling in my bones because we haven't had a game like that in a long, long time where they just came out and were scoring at will. I think it's going to happen on in three phases. I think they're going to score on defense. I think we're going to score on offense. And I think we're going to score on special teams. I think we're going to see a punt return this week. I just – I have a feeling in my head. I got a feeling in my bones Bryce Stevens is going to break one because he he was looking for one Saturday. Had he had a block, he'd have been gone. He cut that one up the left side going towards the, the home side of the stadium. He'd have had one block. He'd have been gone and got him one. We haven't had a punt return for a touchdown in a minute, and I'm calling it. Bryce Bryce Stevens is going to get a touchdown on a punt return this weekend. So that's where, where I'm at. I may be completely nuts. We hadn't scored 70 in, like, I think 30 years. So <laughs> – uh, but, but you know, everybody else, coach went 61. I had to go 70 because I was going to say 65, but I said, hell, I might as well add five more to it. <laughs> Guys, this has been fun. You know, thanks to Luke Jones, offensive tackle for the University of Arkansas, for joining Big Pig Energy tonight. Luke, we're looking forward to seeing you the rest of the season. Coach Blake, Greg, Danny, thank you for being here with me again tonight. Look for us on Thursday, man. We're going to have the Big Pig Energy space with Arkansas Sports Network. Uh, that'll be at 8 o'clock. Um, hopefully we'll have the crew there. I know coach is going to have some, probably going to have some stuff going on with high school football or with the pros, but we should have the rest of the crew there Thursday night. We're going to get a little more in depth, uh, about Missouri state. We're probably going to talk a little bit about Texas A&M as well. Um, check us Friday, Saturday night after the game, we'll have a space post game. Uh, be looking forward to that. And man, we look forward to seeing you the next episode. We're going to try to have some more fun stuff to talk about after the you know, that's be prepped going into Texas a and I'm going to Dallas. Blake, I think you're coming down. Are, are you coming to Dallas for the A&M game? I don't you're know. You don't know yet. So still here. I don't have a ticket. Get with me later. We may be able to help. We may be able to, to, to take care of that problem. Um, we're going to have a good time. Looking forward to being in Dallas with you guys in a couple of weeks. Uh, Greg, appreciate having you back tonight. We're glad you're back with us tonight, brother. Check with us next week. We appreciate you guys joining us. Thanks for viewing. We'll talk to you guys soon. Go Hawks. Whoopee. <laughs>